that skin by design is your protective barrier. It's designed to actually not allow anything to penetrate through that. So being able to deliver active ingredients that don't just sit on the surface of the skin, but actually penetrate, go through the surface of the skin and go to the deeper dermal layers where they're supposed to work without disrupting that protective barrier. Welcome to The Skin Reel, your guide to all things skincare, skin health, beauty, and more, curated by dermatologists and true skin experts. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Alice Mina. I'm a double board certified dermatologist and dermatologic surgeon with over a decade of clinical experience. If you're looking for real, practical, unhyped skincare guidance and expertise, or you just think the skin is really cool, then you're in the right spot. I'm so glad you've tuned in to The Skin Reel. Now let's dive in because this is how dermatologists talk skin. Hi everyone, quick disclaimer here before we start. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. If you're looking for help on your skin journey, please check out the American Academy of Dermatology's website, aad.org, where you can search their database for dermatologists near you. It is so important that you have someone in your corner who's well-trained, licensed, and board-certified who can help you make decisions when it comes to your skin health. Okay, got it? Great. Now for the fun stuff. Hi there. Did you know that many of the topics I bring to you on the skin reel are things I actually see and treat in my office as a practicing board-certified dermatologist? That's right. At Bauckham and Mina Derm Surgery, my business partner and I are on a mission to provide exceptional procedural dermatology care in Atlanta, Georgia. We offer skin cancer surgery to large cyst and lipoma removals, to injectables, chemical peels, microcoring, and more advanced techniques with things like liposuction, eyelid lifts, neck lifts, lip lifts, and so much more. But most of all, we love helping our patients transform their skin with real results. You know me, I am all about real skincare by real skin experts, real simple. If you're in the Atlanta area, I hope you'll stop by and see me. You can get more information at my website, atlantadermsurgery.com, or by calling 404 844-0496. I can't wait to see you. Hi, skin friend. Thanks so much for joining me on this week's episode of The Skin Reel. I've got a super hot topic today to discuss with my colleague, Dr. Julie Rusick. Dr. Rusick is a board-certified dermatologist and founder of Rusick Dermatology, as well as Rusick Plus Aesthetic Center in New York City. Along with her many years treating a wide range of medical and cosmetic dermatology issues, She is really focusing her energy now on regenerative medicine and how taking a more holistic approach to aging can actually heal our skin from within. And yes, if you follow me on the podcast, you know I'm a huge believer in this. And if you are into regenerative medicine at all, then you have likely heard about exosomes. So exosomes are these extracellular particles. They carry information and signals between cells. And when stem cells create these exosomes, they have the power to help heal damaged and unhealthy cells. Pretty cool, right? And I know this may seem a little bit supernatural in a way, but It really is cutting edge and really where medicine is going in the future. In fact, this week they just reported that the first whole eye transplant was performed at NYU 
back earlier in the summer, they used stem cells to help the optic nerve repair itself to give this man vision again, which is super, super cool. So I really think we're just skimming the surface with stem cells and exosomes that there is a lot more to come and there's a lot more research needed. I'm so glad Dr. Rusick is here today to take a deep dive into what exosomes are, how we use them, some ethical concerns that may be there, and where she sees exosomes in the future of dermatology and healthy skin. Dr. Rusick, thanks so much for joining us on this week's episode of The Skin Reel. I'm super excited to talk about exosomes because I feel like it's such a buzzword nowadays. In fact, I just listened to a webinar about exosomes last night, and people are asking about it. Dermatologists, we're all learning about it. And it's just a really cool thing. And I'm hearing more and more about it, especially with regenerative medicine. And I love that you're here joining us. So thanks so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. And I'm really excited to be able to talk on this topic because it's so close and dear to my heart. And it makes my life also a little bit easier that it is gaining more and more understanding in the general media also. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely a lot of interest in it, people wanting to know about it. And I have to say, I've had to do some educating um, on my own to sort of bring myself up to what's current and where we are. So let's just start at the very basics. What are exosomes? So if you really want to understand what exosomes are, I usually start with giving my patients a really, really kind of simple background. Imagine yourself, it's an envelope. And then you write a letter and you put it in this envelope and you send it out. So you want to send somebody a message. The message is what you wrote down, but you have to put it into the envelope to have it delivered somewhere. That's what exosomes are. Exosomes are really vesicles that our cells packages with messages and sends out for the cells to talk in between each other. And what we are using in regenerative medicine is really exosomes that are derived from the stem cells. And we can talk about the future in terms of where the stem cells come from. But the stem cells is the cell in our body that has the most regenerative potential. It can create any cells in our body. So the regenerative messages that are packaged in the vesicles of those stem cells into the exosomes that we derive from the stem cells is really the most potent regenerative signal. And that's what we use right now in regenerative medicine or starting to Yeah, that's a great analogy. It helps listeners understand what exosomes are. Yeah, they're that little vehicle that transports information within and between cells. And what's key is what's that information that's actually in that little envelope? What's the information we have in those exosomes, right? And the potential is huge. And people are looking at exosomes for tons of stuff, right? If we can regrow things and regrow tissue, not just for aesthetics. So it's really a huge area of interest in research. For me in aesthetic medicine, if we can not just mask the signs of aging, but if we can actually regenerate cells, tissues, regenerate three-dimensional structures of the face, going to be amazing. That would be amazing, right? You could really, truly turn back the clock. Now, how you alluded to this earlier, but how do we get these exosomes? Where do they come from? Well, that's right now is really $100 million questions is where get those exosomes. And also, how do we understand the purity of those exosomes that we have on the market right now? There's a lot of different sources. There's exosomes that we derive from cells in the placenta, so stem cells that are located in the placenta, stem cells that are mesenchymal stem cells that are located in the fat, stem cells that come from bone marrow, stem cells that come also from the umbilical cord of the embryos. All of those cells produce exosomes. So those are all different sources for exosomes. 
that are available right now on the market. Wow. And there are even some plant-derived exosomes. Is that right? So every cell, whether it's animal cells or plant cells, sends messages. Cells constantly talk between each other. And that envelope, the letter that we put in mail, that envelope is exosome. So every cell in our universe actually sends out exosomes. So really understanding what exosomes carry different messages, what exosomes have the highest regenerative potential, how to purify them, how to store them, and how to deliver them. That's where the science is right now. Yeah, and that's what this webinar I was listening to last night was talking about is that exosomes are everywhere, right? And you just need to make sure, are they old? Where are they coming from? And then what's the material in them? And then are the products being tested that the exosomes actually have that pure material in there? to then function. So there are a lot of components that go into this and it's not as simple as just taking one exosome, putting the stem cell in and boom, it's done, right? It's not really very regulated industry right now. The same thing like we have really paucity of FDA regulations for any food supplements. It falls really on the consumer and on the provider, whatever we recommend right now to our patients to do its due diligence to understand where those exosomes come from, the purity of the exosomes, but also the quality of the exosomes, as you said that. Do they come from the younger cells? Do they really come from stem cells? Or do they come from the older cells? Because older cells will also release exosomes. But the stem cells, exosomes, pure, high-quality exosomes versus exosomes that are come from the older cells, the regenerative potential is very different. Yeah, and it's a little bit like the Wild West, I think, right now with exosomes. W would you agree that people know there's interest, companies know there's interest, and maybe it's not always ethically done or sourced. And like you said, buyer beware, we have to be careful that just because something says their exosomes in there, they may not be pure, they may not be the real deal. So you do have to be careful with that when you're thinking about using them. So what are some of the uses that you think would be helpful in dermatology for exosomes or where you might be using them already? Everywhere. Starting from the hair regeneration, so starting from the scalp to the surface of the skin. And not only on the face, we are really talking about full body, right? We are right now paying attention not only to the skin on the face, but neck, chest, and all the way down to your toes. Because if you really have this ability to regenerate, we want to regenerate everything. And then for me as aesthetic dermatologist, skin is definitely something that I see in front of me, so to speak. But I'm also very, very interested in really potential of full body regeneration, uses of exosomes in medicines, uses of stem cells in medicine right now. And why you just did an eye transplant, the first ever eye transplant. And if you really read the full discussion of what they did, they did actually injected stem cells, autologous stem cells, into the area that was transplanted. So we understand the regenerative potential of stem cells and exosomes. And it's not interchangeable stem cells and exosomes, but they are really, if you want to understand exosomes, you have to understand stem cells. Stem cells is a cells that actually then packages the regenerative message. mRNA, peptides, growth factors, cytokines, it packages into exosomes and sends it out to send the message. Now, in your practice, are you using these products? Are they topical? Are they injections? Are they things that you ingest? What are the ways that people can use exosomes? Or you as a dermatologist, how do you use them in your practice? So as of right now in U.S., we can use exosomes primarily in the topical forms just because we don't really have the regulations right now. So we use them and try to deliver them 
under the surface of the skin with different methods like microneedling and lasers. We use post every laser procedure, we use exosome right now as our post care. And what we've noticed is that downtime is significantly, significantly reduced. The results are augmented with those procedures also. And that's a huge hurdle for patients to overcome, right? When they want to have a procedure like ablative laser or a resurfacing laser or chemical peel, that the downtime, seven to 10 days, maybe even a little bit longer, that's significant for someone who works or has a busy life and who doesn't, right? So if we can speed that along and augment the results even better. So you use them, you have the patients apply them at home after their procedure. So we apply it on our patients right after the procedure. I recently brought CO2 laser into my practice again, because I've had CO2 in my practice very, very long time ago, the first generation of CO2. And reality of it, as you mentioned, most of my patients are like me. They have busy social lives, they are parents, they work. Nobody had time for that much of a downtime as the first generation CO2 really gave us. But now we are doing CO2 again, because with with exosomal post-care, we can really, really shorten the downtime and it becomes feasible for us to give our patients really great results with not a lot of downtime. And I also do a lot of surgery, so it would be amazing if we could somehow improve wound healing for our patients because that wound healing, as you know, as a dermatologist, really goes on for a whole year. And of course, the patients, I usually tell them between three to six months is when they sort of forget about it. But still, that's still three to six months of having to look at a scar or worry about a scar. So if that we could somehow augment that, or of course, I would love, and I don't know if you see lower leg wounds, but those things are very different difficult to treat. And I would love something to speed that along too. Some people describe PRP or platelet-rich plasma as a kind of stem cells. What are your thoughts on that? So that's where we started. We started with PRP, with platelet-rich plasma. We draw patients' blood, we isolate platelets, and platelets for us humans, for us, it's a chock full of nutrients. It has all the exosome growth factor cytokines. The problem is that regenerative potential of platelets from a 20-year-old versus regenerative potential of platelets from 60-70 year old is not exactly the same. Those platelets that has been with us for over a lifetime definitely decrease in their regenerative potential and therefore they don't deliver the same results. So exosomes really allow us to kind of go the next level, the next step, because exosomes are derived from the stem cells, their most potent regenerative molecule that we have either in our body or in general overall. So the signal from the stem cell, especially from embryonic placental umbilical cord or um, young bone marrow stem cells, they are much, much higher. That's a good point. There is that huge variability, right, between the stem cells in a 20-something-year-old versus a 60-something-year-old. So yeah, being able to harness really the placental or umbilical stem cells is really, really key because you're going to get the most bang with that for sure. Are there any limitations with exosomes or any ethical concerns? I feel like sometimes I hear this with patients and people. Well, I think that the ethical concern is really what we see right now with our ability to use stem cells. Where are those stem cells are coming from? And every, the whole ethical argument that comes with stem cells. That's why in U.S. right now, we have so many different regulations. Europe is really much more advanced in terms of that than us. I went to a conference a couple of years ago, and it was in Europe, and it was all about PRP. And then I went to a conference, the same conference in Europe last year, and they moved on to exosomes primarily because we understand the, really the ability and the superiority of the exosomes 
its regenerative potential. The ethical question is definitely there. How we are going to overcome it to really move science, I'm not sure. But I do see that that's where the medicine is going. And that's where the medicine should be going. Is really being able not just to mask the signs of aging, but being able to reverse it to regenerate. That's where we should be going towards. Are exosome products, are they regulated like medications by the FDA or is it more like supplements or considered a cosmetic at this point? In reality, it's not really regulated at where the problem is. The sources are not really fully regulated and there is this kind of unregulated area. Are they considered the stem cells that are kind of not used in U.S.? Are they considered something different? And that's what we talked a little bit and touched on it before, is that it gives the ability to people to really kind of get on this popularity of exosomes and not everybody produces them ethically. You have to be as as somebody who uses exosomes in the practice, you really have to look at all the papers that are published with the exosomes from the companies that you're using it. Where are they derived from? Do they really prove you that there are exosomes in certain skincare? There's a million of different skincare right now companies that put on the market that they have exosomes in them. And some of them have absolutely nothing. What are the additives to those exosomes? It's not regulated. Patients have allergies to a lot of different things. So we are using the products that we don't know as much about right now. It is a wild, wild west out there. But at the same time, we also know that they work. And we know that this is what we are going towards and we should be using it. So it's definitely complicated. And therefore, between I think that between the consumers, but also between us practitioners, we really, really have to make sure that we do our due diligence. So can someone just go to the drugstore or go to the grocery and buy a product with exosomes in them at this point? Skincare brands right now, they do have exosomes in their skincare. NTH, Bellab, there is a lot of kind of cosmeceutical products on the market that already has exosomes in them. And what are your thoughts on those? Do you think that they're products that actually work or you think it's still kind of questionable? There are products that work. The biggest hurdle right now with exosomes and with any really active ingredients in the skincare, that skin by design is your protective barrier. It's designed to actually not allow anything to penetrate through that. So being able to deliver active ingredients that don't just sit on the surface of the skin, but actually penetrate, go through the surface of the skin and go to the deeper dermal layers where they're supposed to work without disrupting that protective barrier. Our protective barrier is for reason there. So if you disrupt the protective barrier, if you disrupt the microbiomes of the skin, you're also introducing other problems with that. So it's not only about being able to deliver the active ingredient, but how you deliver that active ingredient. And that's where I think the art of really skincare comes in. Right. And it sounds like you like to use it after there has been some disruption to that skin barrier, right, for that increased penetration, whether it's from microneedling or lasers, chemical peels. Is that right? So when we already create either the mechanical with microneedling channels through the surface of the skin or whether we use lasers and laser needling to create those channels and then being able to deliver exosomes into the deeper layers where they actually have the ability to work and then use the skincare with that to restore the and heal and regenerate the skin barrier. That I find that much better. Good point because you don't want to spend a lot of money and these products aren't cheap for basically a moisturizer that's just going to sit on the top of your skin and not have those exosomes actually penetrate and do what they're supposed to do. Are exosomes sort of shelf stable or do they have to be refrigerated? It sounds like if they're just over the counter, then 
they're pretty stable without being refrigerated and things like that. So there's a lot of different formulation of the exosome. The exosome that we use specifically as a post-care, they are refrigerated and they're actually flash frozen and we prepare them directly before each application. They have to be sterile because we very often use them on the ablated skin, which is different than what you bought buy on the market. So again, you're getting a product that you actually know has had some probably pretty rigorous testing and you know the quality of the exosomes and, and how it's prepared, which is a lot different than just buying it off the shelf at the drugstore. There are some companies right now that are really putting on the market exosome products that come with, so to speak, a passport. It actually, each batch of exosomes has a written cytokine profile that they tested that is located in that specific batch of the exosomes. That's what we really want. We want to know what is in those vesicles. What are the signaling models? What are the mRNAs? What are the peptides that are located in that specific batch of exosomes? Because again, that exosomes from one cell versus from the other cells are not necessarily equal. I think one of the ethical arguments I've heard from some people is you don't really know necessarily what's being put. What is that information being packaged in that exosome? Because what you want for skin rejuvenation or pro-aging is going to be different than if you're trying to go an organ or, or something very different. What do you think are some of the challenges for exosomes being sort of widely used and accessible for people? I think being able to deliver it, and that's where the ethics comes in. I think that in theory, we would want a product that we can inject, deliver deeper into even deeper layers than what we can deliver with just microneedling and laser needling to make sure that we understand what is the message that we're delivering. So I think that understanding what is present in those exosomes and where we derive them. I think that's one of the biggest challenges right now is really the quality of the exosomes, the source of the exosomes, how they're being processed, what is else, what else is added to the exosome. So the regulation right now is needed to be put in place so that we can really compare high quality to high quality and not kind of really try to figure it out all on our own. Yeah, and you make a good point about the and being able to inject it because right now in the U.S. we can inject it, right? Correct. Being able to that would be amazing. And being able to deliver it through the whole body. Yeah, that would. And those little stem cells, those exosomes would know what to do in exactly the right part of the body. It is pretty amazing. I had mentioned I do a lot of surgery and I do most surgery. And I'm always just amazed how sometimes when we let the wound heal on its own, the skin around a finger and a nail knows which cell needs to be the nail and which cell needs to be the nail bed. And it's just really cool how our bodies know that. So if we can just harness those stem cells naturally, then it's amazing what could be done. And I think it's also because I'm getting older, I have a renewed or a new interest in regenerative medicine and not just trying to fix things once they're already broken, but really taking proactive steps to stay healthy, stay active, and try to prevent a lot of these things. And I don't, you can tell me what your thoughts are on this, but I feel like exosomes definitely could play a role in that. I fully, fully agree with that. I think that right now we're really looking more into and more into longevity and understand longevity. And in general, we understand the science of aging. 
you could argue with the wording pro-aging, anti-aging. But when we really discuss aging on a cellular level, it really changes in our DNA. And right now we understand that we can actually create epigenetic changes in our DNA and using exosomes as a tool for that. And skin is on the outside. So for me as a regenerative aesthetic dermatologist, it's extremely exciting because I could really in front of my eyes see the changes in the regenerative medicine that we can create with those tools. So I think that in general, with the development of longevity and us understanding longevity, having exosomes as something that we can use as long as we understand it better, as long as we regulate it a little bit better in terms of not regulated of whether we use it or not, but regulated in terms of the qualities of the products that we have on the U.S. market is going to take us to the next level. We are all aging and living longer, but we also want to look good and feel good. So being able to really reverse the signs of aging, not just mask them, is what we should be struggling your chronologic age may not match with how you actually feel and present yourself and, and your biological age, right? So there is some variability with that. And you're right. I just had a patient today in his mid-80s and I had to double check my chart because he looked 60-something. So there's a huge range. And I think most people probably listening want to be in the range where they're looking and feeling as good as possible for as long as possible, especially since we are living longer. Absolutely. Well, we know that we can really now influence or we can change our chronological age. We actually do testing for our patients in my clinic. We actually check their, I never look at the age of my patients, but the patients that go through the regenerative protocol in my clinic, we actually check their biological age. We check different biological systems, but specifically it's very interesting to see at the beginning of the program and then at the end, what our epigenetic influences can change. And what is the name of the guy that is actually doing the billionaire that is really, really, it's called Blue Ocean, I think. I forgot what is his name, but he actually has a whole team of doctors working with him and he spends lots and lots of money, but he's also amazing in terms of that he documents everything that he does in terms of all his supplements, about his skincare routine, and he is showing clinically that he can change and reverse his chronological age. Wow, that's super cool. I just can't wait to see sort of what the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years show, because this is a whole area of medicine that's really just exploding. And I'm so glad to see a lot of research and, and interest into it because there's so much that we're just skimming the surface on right now with exosomes, I think, and there's much more to come for sure. Would you recommend, you know, someone listening, should they go buy something with exosomes or should they seek them out? Or what are you, what's your advice for someone listening who's like, yeah, I'm on board with regenerative medicine and my skin or we're not there yet? I think that it's a very good first step. Definitely do your diligence and there's a number of very good companies, reputable companies that are starting to add exosomes to their skincare. Everybody from a really skincare giant is looking into exosomes. So there's going to be more and more really reputable skincare on the market with exosomes. So I would highly recommend starting there. And then to talk to your dermatologist, make sure that your dermatologist understands and knows the potential of exosomes and then try it with very, very kind of simple procedures. First, try it with a microneedling and see 
see how it changes your results and then maybe take it a step further. Very cool. Yeah, I would I'd love for you just to extrapolate what are some like top three pearls for someone listening who is wanting to learn more about exosomes and whether it's right for them. Doing the research on their own, research and understanding what exosomes are. There's a lot, I think, that of misinformation. And it's a topic that seems to be straightforward, but at the same time, it's really hard for us to really grasp what exactly exosomes are. As I said, that we are in US are still at the stage of the PRP, but PRP right now is being used across medicine, everywhere. So understanding that the exosome is really just one step above PRP and starting there, making sure that you understand that it is the right thing for you, that you are open to this idea and that you want to experience the regenerative medicine. That's great advice. And maybe find an expert like you who has a lot of experience with it because this is sort of a new area in medicine and in dermatology and aesthetics. And a lot of people aren't familiar with it yet. So we're all kind of learning and excited to see the research and, and studies coming out about it. So I think this is definitely something that we're going to be seeing a lot and hearing a lot more about for sure. I agree. I think that we're going to be hearing more and more about it as we learn more and more about it. And more studies are coming out right now, reputable studies in reputable medical journals. And as more of them will come out, more people will start working with them. And usually once more people start working with it, we gain more data. And also just be sort of buyer beware that there are also companies that maybe aren't as ethical or aren't doing sort of the research and their due diligence and are just maybe looking to sell kind of snake oil, if you will. So just to be aware, not all exosome products, right, are created equal. Dr. Rusek, this has been really educational for me personally, and I know for the audience. Where can our listeners and viewers learn more about what you do and the regenerative dermatology and medicine that you practice? So we love regenerative aesthetic medicine, and we post a lot on our Instagram and I write a blog also. So definitely on our website, Rusek Dermatology and our Instagram, Rusek Derm. And you're in New York City, right? And we are in New York City. Awesome. Well, I will definitely include all that in the show notes for people who want to learn more about it. I know I'd like to. <laughs> so this has been a lot of fun and I thank you so much for being here. And I really appreciate you opening up this topic. It's very broad topic and there's a lot of ethical questions with that. So I really appreciate your invitation to be able to speak about it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. The first step is just discussing it, right? And having a discussion around it. Absolutely. Open discussion about it. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Wow. What a great episode. I really learned a ton from my colleague, Dr. Rusick, and it's super exciting to see how she is using this cutting edge science and technology to help her patients with their aesthetic concerns. And exosomes right now, there's a lot to be learned and there is a lot to learn about them. So definitely stay tuned. There's more information to come. This is not the last we're going to hear about exosomes for sure. I love how Dr. Rusick really broke it down simply for us though, that exosomes are basically these envelopes carrying important information and signals to other cells. And when it's derived from stem cells, there is really this powerful ability to help cells heal. And if we can harness that to help wounds heal, to help ulcers heal, and also to help us age better and maybe even prevent some of the signs of aging that happen, what a cool concept. Right now, exosomes are only available topically. And so how Dr. Rusick uses it in her practice 
is that after a patient comes in for a microneedling or chemical peel or ablative laser procedure or even a non-ablative laser procedure, she will then apply the exosomes directly onto the skin to not only help with healing, to speed up the healing process, but to augment the results for patients. And it just helps the turnaround, the downtime be minimized, which is really great as well, because it's hard to sit at home healing for seven days, 10 days, et cetera. Now, here's something important I hope you caught that Dr. Rusick mentioned. The exosomes, even though they're these nanoparticles, they have a very difficult time penetrating through our skin barrier. And so that's why she uses this topically on the skin after there has been a disruption in the skin barrier. If you go out and buy products at the drugstore, over the counter, or wherever that claim to have exosomes, the problem with that is if you put it on intact skin, the chance of the exosome actually penetrating into your skin and doing what it needs to do is really, really low. And unfortunately, you've probably just bought a very, very expensive moisturizer. So at least for the time being, it seems that there really needs to be some sort of break in the skin barrier for the exosomes to really be able to penetrate deeply and to do the work that they need to do. At this time of the recording, we do not have injectable exosomes available in the US, but I'm sure that's going to be changing with more research and regulations. And that really would be cool because then you can directly inject the exosomes where you need it, the organ that needs it, precisely where you need that healing power. But for now, exosomes are a little bit like the wild, wild west. There's not a ton of regulation. And so you have to be careful, buyer beware, if you are going to buy something that says it has exosomes in it, you need to make sure you know where are the exosomes coming from. There's a wide range from exosomes derived from plants, from umbilical or placental tissue, or even fat. So you just want to know where are the exosomes coming from? How rigorously are the products tested to make sure that the exosomes have the important information, the growth factors, the proteins, the signals in their product after processing? How pure is it? Again, all of this is not really regulated at this time. And so buyer beware. I think your best bet if you are excited about exosomes and want to learn more about exosomes is asking your doctor, your dermatologist, if they offer them. And then just knowing how we can use them at least at this time for aesthetics and skin healing. And it really is in the topical variety applied to skin where there are breaks in the skin so that it actually can penetrate inward. But for sure, this is not the last we've heard about exosomes. We're going to be hearing a lot more about it in the years to come. And I'm really excited to see where this novel science and research takes us. That's all I got for this week. I'll see you next week. That's all I've got for this week's episode of the Skin Real Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help me and other new potential listeners to find my show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave me a review, take a screenshot and email it to info at theskinreel.com and I will send you a thank you free PDF on skincare truths versus hype because you know I love spreading the word of good, truthful skincare. 
And please be sure to share, share, share with your skin friends so that we can get the word out there about real skin. And until next time, remember, no matter where you are in your skincare journey, always remember to love the skin you're in because real skincare from real experts can be real simple.